Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel, episode 99, live and in person. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett. This is the second time we've done this introduction. Yeah, we had a great opening <laughs> sequence for you all that you're all just going to miss. Yeah, I mean, you all have to miss it because it sounds like I mean, hell. we had Mark Stoops, John Calipari, Tim Couch was here. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was just But we, had, we had to cut it because we're not used to going in person, so we had a few technical difficulties. But the good news is, is in between all these technical difficulties, we found out Adrian Griffin got an offer from Kentucky. Class of 2023 out yep, of Birmingham. Great, defense, very talented offense or defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also – uh, found out that the player we're getting ready to talk about got a scholarship offer from Kentucky with Seven Cloud. Seven Cloud, who was the star of the camp, which you'll hear about here in a second. Yes, yes. But so, we, yeah, a, a great camp here at Kentucky. Um, talent, incredible this time around, much better than the previous one. Getting out in person, watching some football. Uh, it's been a good day. And it's only getting warmed up. We're going to have the Wade Twins working out at camp mm-hmm. here in a little bit. And then Brock Lynn, a quarterback from Memphis, who Kentucky just offered his throwing. Um, at another camp. So, much more recruiting content coming, but a, a big day for Kentucky. The ta- they had a lot of talent on campus. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to get right to it. I- I'm just mad we missed the line about Coach Wolf peeling the paint off the walls. Yeah. Because he can't. But you know what? That was in, well, that was in our well, intro with John Calipari. <laughs> well, so, well, yeah, Wolford was here too. So, sorry y'all missed it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the rest of the show. Enjoy it. Talent level was definitely uh, a level above this weekend as opposed to last. And there, there's some there's some big time guys in here. Most um, I mean, jump off the page. There was a Georgia commit at defensive line yeah. in the class of 2023. Yeah. So seven day will be a junior next fall. He committed early. Like mm-hmm. getting it, a, a, a Georgia doesn't usually take many early commits. He's earlier than early. Like he's early by any standard. Right. So. Uh, I know some people might hear, oh, Georgia commit. Well, he's he, at UK. Folks, uh, there's a long way to go. He committed his sophomore year, of, January of his sophomore year of high school to Georgia. I mean, that's a long way out. Yeah. But, Nick, my, my big takeaway with that is it's two weeks in a row they've had a dude on the defensive line from mm-hmm. Georgia in yep. camp. Last week, Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith, Stan uh, – Stantavious Smith. Stantavious Smith. And then this week uh, – well, I, uh, his, he had what was it? Seven, he, seven, um, seven cloud, seven cloud. Which, folks, uh, let me just tell you right here. I don't know if we're going to find. I, I thought Stan Tavius was going to take the cake. Seven cloud, uh, and apparently it's because he was the seventh in his family. Which I, I, I wish they would have named him nine, so that you could get reverse whenever you get the alphabetic order. You would see cloud, comma nine. Right. But uh, yeah, don't like this is good, lighthearted fun. I would never make fun of that kid's name ever to his face because that SOB has tree trunks for legs. And not only is he big, but my God, that d- he was impressive. He was impressive. And Amar Stewart, he was fired up watching him do work in one-on-ones. And it was one of the first kids Mark Stoops talked to. I think the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first. And just for you all at home, 
like the camp ends and then um, the coaches make the rounds pretty much, I guess is what you would say. Different assistants bring up different prospects. The Stoops gets out and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I guess try to set a foundation, I guess yeah, you say, for yeah. the relationship. But yeah, set, that guy was one of the first ones they talked the first one they talked yes. to. So that's a name that we'll have to monitor. 2023 interior defensive line prospect. Just he just looks the part, Nick. Like you just you see him, and you're like, oh. oh, that's a player. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of explosiveness there. They all. I mean, he wasn't the only talented defensive lineman there. They had quite a few. I took a liking to some of the bowling balls there. There was a couple guys that were just. Uh, you, even though you're not sure if they have the length mm -hmm. to make it, Wakias Hereford, he's a nose guard from Tennessee, but he looked like a little. He looked like a baby bully, but just not as. Mm -hmm. Not long enough to get there, but man, he had some explosion. Uh, yeah, there, there were quite a few kids you could see pass rushing to the next level. That just tells you that you know Amor Stewart. He's uh, we were he's making some waves, for right? Green. Right, and I that think was what you should say. Yeah, because and here, here's the thing too: when he got hired, it was like, oh, this is his first job. You know, we'll kind of see. But hey, he went to UK. He's been here before. Mm -hmm. Like th this should be right up his alley. And the fact that he's getting after it on the recruiting front. Great sign for things to come. Uh, what, what other – there was quite a few guys that stood out. Which one did you want to go to next? Yeah, I'm, Keontae Goodwin was there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, and, uh, his his, uh, his coach, um, Chris Vaughn, was also accompanying him. Mm -hmm. And then there was another kid, I think, that's at Aspirations Gym. It's a 2023 kid out of Mel, a cornerback, Jeremiah Collins. Was just offered by Purdue, mm -hmm. I believe, earlier this week or last week. So that's that's obviously a guy to keep behind, uh, keep uh, an eye on. And mm -hmm. with we're gonna get into Louisville later. What's going on down there uh, over at Cardinal Stadium? The city is uh, wide open. Right yeah, now. yeah. And Kentucky's really got a chance to make some hay. And it's really in a period where I think the just the area is producing football. Now. Yeah. And so there's an opportunity there. And it, guy like that on camp, whether he's good enough to play at Kentucky or not, it's just building that relationship, I think. Chris Vaughn, a lot of talent in there, and a lot of guys that can play a lot of ball. talent. A lot of talent that is on the team now. Yep. Uh, Carrington Valentine, mm -hmm. Wandell Robinson, Robinson, you know. So you saw Vince Marrow at the camp talking to him a good amount of time. It's just it's something to, to monitor. At Kentucky's building inroads there in Louisville, and if some, ta if some talent pops up here in the next couple of years, there's, they're going to have a really, really good chance uh, to get them. And then I think one of the positions that jumped off to me off the page was some of the offensive line talent here today. Mm -hmm. um, there's a kid out of Taylor County we learned today, class of 2024. Taylor? Hayes okay. Johnson. Yes, Hayes Johnson. Out uh, of Campbellsville. Right out of Campbellsville. He's going to be – now, I think he was just a 24. Yeah, he's a 24, he's so he'll be a sophomore. Guy. Yeah, yeah, which, by the way. Let's just, man, we are old when we're getting no into kidding, 24s. Brother. When we're getting into 24s. Uh -huh. Yeah, 2024 kids, so this is a young buck. He just finished his freshman year of high school. This kid was born after I graduated high school. That's how old <laughs> I am, Ms. Rouch. <laughs> I mean, this is back-to-back -back weeks, though, with 24 kids, though, because Chadwell, Gavin Chadwell from uh, Knox Central, he was a 24, right? Right, right. Yeah, so we, we are old. Breaking and news. It, and he wasn't the only young Kentucky product there. There's a kid from Henderson County mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to find his name here. Uh, yeah, apologies. With, there's a lot of notes. Well, like it's a legal pad guy too, folks. Yeah. Which shouldn't shock you for a second. Sadiq Clemens, um, 6'5", 260, out of Henderson County. Kentucky and Purdue have already offered him. 2023 kid. So he's a, he'll be a junior next year. So, again, like the Big Blue Wall, a lot of the foundation has been in-state prospects. Mm -hmm. And Kentucky continues, man, to pump out offensive line talent. Well, and while there's one other Kentucky kid we got to talk about, but I just thought I'd sneak in this little nugget that in this upcoming class, offensive line, they've got some good commits. They could have some more. Mm -hmm. And um, I just I hope you all remember what Ohio State did to Tegra. Might not be sitting well up there. There's yeah, there's some buzz going around camp hmm. with some of the offensive line. They uh, could be could potentially outlooks. joining, right? Know, maybe from the state of Ohio. So and then Ryan Bear is another guy to keep an eye on. He's a borderline four star prospect in the composite. He's from I believe like Cleveland area up there in Ohio. He went to unofficially visited Ohio State, came away without an offer. He was at Illinois this weekend. That, that, that should be enough of a tell. Like right. If you're going to camp and a visit and you don't get the offer, then – Kind of the same thing happened with C.J. Conrad, I think, if my, I remember correctly. Writing's kind of on the wall at that point. Yeah. So. And so he visits Kentucky this next weekend, and then along with Tennessee and Michigan State after that, and he's going to announce in July. He's a guy Quick turnaround. He's a name to keep an eye on over the next couple months because I think that's going to be a, a player Kentucky's going to push for. The the other Kentucky kid who left today with an offer uh, is from Franklin County, a Franklin County flyer. And I actually talked about Freddie about this guy earlier in the week because he got an offer from Wisconsin, Caden Mormon, who, uh, yeah, that was his – he didn't even have like a rivals profile. Gets invited to take an unofficial up to Camp Randall, gets an offer. A few days later, boom, he camps in Kentucky. Stoops offers a scholarship offer to him. I mean, he's a big kid. Big kid. Strong John Settle vibes here. Came from Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. Leaves, gets a Wisconsin offer. Now he's here, and now he gets an offer. Dude, John Settle has very, like, like he, he would strike me as somebody that comes off nice, but, like, if you mess with him, he will break your leg. Right. Yeah, like, there's no there's there's no messing around here. Like, it is. Uh, I That's one guy that would terrify me, <laughs> to be frank. Uh, but you know what? I'm not frank. I'm Nick, you're Adam, <laughs> and this is 11 personnel. Uh, but very excited to see the local kid get some love from Vince Mara. I mean, come on, you think Vince is going to let a kid, you know, Wisconsin come swooping in right away? I don't think so. He's a rising junior and a, a name to keep an eye on. There was one defensive lineman we didn't mention that actually picked up a Notre Dame offer uh, yesterday, I want to say. Yeah, is yesterday – I mean, I'm getting my days mixed up. He got Notre Dame last week, Penn State earlier this week, and that is Kendrick Gilbert, who was another one that was talked about – or talked to Stoops pretty quickly yeah. after the camp Out of Indianapolis, right? Yes, yes. Out in, here we go back to – we talked about Chris Vaughn and how a lot of kids are kind of going through them. He's almost like become the Louisville prep school, whereas – other places, I mean, you had Cincinnati Moeller kids there today. Uh, Gilbert is from Indianapolis Cathedral. They turn out a ton of talent. So, uh, I, and I wanted to say there was a Carmel there, which we did saw. We did see a Carmel. Show. Hadn't seen Carmel since Morgan Newton was dropping back to pass. So uh, good to see some of those big schools out there. Uh, also, kind of weird too that one phenomena that I forgot about at some of these camps like it, the JUCO kids. 
Yeah, we got. Ugh, we, man, we got we spurned got by a couple. We really did because because <laughs> there's a couple guys out there. You're like, damn, he's making some plays. Like, wow. And it's like, yeah, because he's four years older than him. You know, yeah. he's got on his Hutch CC shorts on. It's like, ah, total buzzkill. Because there was there was one kid in particular, the the, the white spandex kid. I know, I, I, hell, I forget his we name. Talk, we spent way too much time talking about him. I know, <laughs> just for him to be in JUCO. But yeah. he, he knocked the hell out of some kid. A kid caught the pass. He had a great PBU, probably yeah. the best PBU of the day. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was good to see. And then you're like, oh, but he's a JUCO kid. Yeah, probably not happening. Right. Uh, that, that was the case for some of them. One of my bowling ball guys was a JUCO kid, too. Um, so, you know, it happens. The thing about covering these camps is, especially with the JUCO element now added in, is you go in, you're going in blind for the most part. Um, yeah. Nick, Nick mentioned my notepad. But really what I have is guys that we that KSR, we have com- confirmed or believe may be here, so I'll write their names down just for a point of reference. Right. So you, you see – like today, we saw Lance Williams, the 2023 offensive lineman out of Alcoa, Tennessee. Yes. Same high school as Randall Cobb. And I told Nick, I wrote him, as soon as I saw him, I know who he was because he had he had a long hair. So I was like, oh, boom, oh. That's, that's Lance Williams. And here's another tip. If, y'all, if, if you're a dad out there who's got an aspiring kid who's going to go to these camps, or if you're one of these who wants to get noticed at a camp, you got to have something unique about you. Mm-hmm. Don't wear just navy blue shorts. You got to go. You you got to have some sort of identifier. Or In Lance even, Williams' case, he had the ponytail, yeah. and I, oh yeah, ponytail guy from Alcoa. Or even have your high school logo on your shorts. Something for a, some a, sort some of identifier. Tell sign, yeah. right? Uh, whether it's crazy cleats like uh, uh, a guy out here. Uh, I I keep forgetting Kobe's last name, and it's because Kobe Albert. I, Kobe is just he's a one name kind of guy. Yeah, I mean that's how the regular Kobe was. I wonder if he does. Do they still? Go, Kobe, whenever you shoot like something in a trash can. I would assume so. Now, that was our generation type thing. Yeah, yeah. Chappelle, I mean, perfect. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And Kobe, but I would think so. I think Kobe, I, I, I think to keep that's keeping his legacy alive. Not just being an all-time great, but also Kobe. But I, I would hope that lasts forever. Like, who would be, I guess, Steph? Steph. You can't really do Steph. Yeah, and – I feel like Steph is like a downtown Charlie Brown. You got to be shooting from half court if it's a Steph. I guess you could do Curry. Curry kind of fits the same vibe. Not as cool as Kobe though. Yeah. Um, but either way, Kobe. Say his last name again. Kobe Albert. Kobe Albert. He's Out of from, Metro Al- Metro Birmingham. Yes, and it's one of those where right now Auburn is in the thick of it with Kentucky. He's a twenty twenty two guy mm-hmm. that could play either side of the ball for Kentucky. Right. Coaches were. Outwardly and not hiding it, fighting for who oh, yeah. was going to go today. <laughs> it was a uh, Liam Cohen was throwing his hand in the mix. Yep, yep. Uh, Brad White was over there. John Summerall was over there. Uh, uh, Chris Buff. Collins, the new secondary coach. Oh. Fano, the safeties coach. Yeah, uh, and you could tell too because he had on very vibrant cleats. Mm-hmm. The cleats really jumped out. Now, Kobe Albert, just for you all, um, we found out tonight actually it's Chris Lewis. Yes, not Christian Lewis. So Chris Lewis, who's you know, like we like. Jagger Burton obviously was big, and then Trevin Wallace kind of stole a lot of the shine. But he, for a long time, he was the most ballyhooed player in right. the 2021 Ooh, class. Ballyhooed, I like that, yeah. Like, if you ask a general – I've been throwing that in my writing here lately. That's like been that. kind of my buzzword here. Love it. But if you ask any any uh, random fan that follows recruiting, that hey, was the guy that, that, that people were in on for a long time. I didn't want to bring it up to him either, but, like, his stats and then what he would do in state championship games only right. to, like, have his heart broken and ripped mm-hmm. out into a thousand pieces. Like, it, it was impressive. Right. Uh, 
So Kobe Albert is his kid's cousins. They go to different high schools. Um, Albert just visited Maryland. He's going to Auburn for an official next week. Kentucky just had him on for an unofficial in a camp. Um, Sounds like this an weekend. official would be down the road. Yeah, I would I would look for the LSU game, the Florida game, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and, but he's a guy you could – like he had all the attention at camp. Per the 247 Sports Composite, he's – a top 400 prospect. He's borderline four-star. He's 369 and like 350, I think, is a four-star line. He's like kind of in that Chris Lewis thing, too, mm -hmm. where it's like you have a good senior year and you get bumped up right? kind of deal. Um, and, hell, he even he even brought a teammate, too, Adrian Griffin, who's a year younger. And Adrian Griffin, yeah, 2023 guy who could play defensive line or offensive line, we learned at the camp. Um, who's got – I think Maryland and Tennessee have offered him already. Correct. So that those are two guys, and that's John, John Summerall's area, right um, up in his wheelhouse. Down in the deep south here mm -hmm. in Birmingham, just kind of putting in work. But Kobe Albert's a name to watch. That was a guy that the staff really was into today at the camp. I think if you have, if you ask us for one big takeaway, I think that would be be it. Yeah, especially in the um, the immediate future. Uh, there was one other kid from an athlete standpoint. Now these these guys are a little bit older. Uh, Dylan Edwards was was mm -hmm. another guy that uh, seemed folks seemed to gravitate yeah. to. Dylan uh, Edwards, a 2023 running back. Yeah, from uh, Kansas. Jitterbug. This guy's 5'9", 165. He got some of the Stoops treatment out of the out after the camp from mm -hmm. Derby, Kansas. I'm not going to pretend I know where that is. So it's where just, they have the Kansas Derby. <laughs> yes, right. Um, he's got Big Twelve offers: Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia. If all issued oh, offers. You know what I forgot to mention. We forgot to mention uh, the Birmingham crew that the quarterback might have been the favorite quarterback of the day, too. That's true. Uh, 2024, so another rising, going to be sophomore. Which is crazy that these are all kids who just played as freshmen last But year. he had a great afro today, Nick. But uh -oh. he didn't have the best hair of the quarterbacks. Well, and his last name is Henley, right? Yes. Hen Henley. I have it from, written uh, down here in one of my notes. But <laughs> we should get his name right because we I don't just need to be uh, complimenting the fro. I have Hanley now. <laughs> we can be totally Hanley. We, we're, we'll get. We're going to write about him this week. We'll yeah. do a little more research. But um, a, a 24 guy who had great hair. But lucky. What's What's nice too is Aaron Perkins was there for KSR today taking some photos, and I was like, we've got to take a picture of that quarterback. Mm -hmm. His mullet. I mean, every time we go to one of these, I think we've seen the best mullet, and it just keeps getting trumped. No, it's definitely the mullet era. The mullet's making a comeback. Man, it really and is. These football camps really show that off to us. Uh, so shout out to the high school generation right now for bringing that the, the waterfall back. Not it's even glorious. ironically either. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I Kudos to you. I wish during the brief time of my life, I would have had the intestinal fortitude to grow out a mullet, but that's just not the case. Absolutely not the case. Uh, but nevertheless, I, uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited that we got to not only witness the giant mullet, we got to see big boy Keontae Goodwin. Uh, we also got to see a big tight end, too, that you could tell the big dog really liked. Mm -hmm. Tanner Lamaster in the class of 2023. He's from... Columbus goes to Washington Courthouse, which uh, actually the name of one of my houses that we, we called it the courthouse in Lexington because we lived on a court. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Really cool name to name your house. But he was a big, big guy. 
six six, what two thirty? Yeah, just about. Yeah, I thought he moved pretty well. And the the, wor- the worst part about tight ends and one on ones though, you can't really see their stuff. Yeah, I, and if they, you get a bad throw, then it's like, well, what the I, hell? Right? Obviously, um, did we did we mention this kid's name, Nick? Yeah, Tanner Lamaster. Tanner Lamaster. Okay, like obviously, I want to dig into the tape, but this is it. He ha- puts off the look of a prospect that, like they're qu- they're recruiting Quentin Conley as a flex tight end. Yes. And that's AKA, be, you uh, can split out in the slot. Right. Right. That's going to be a route. Um, Josh Caddis, they're not recruiting him to be a flex tight end. They're recruiting him to be a blocking SOB. I would assume – now, I need to dig into the tape on Tanner Lamaster, but I, that's more of his his role. I think what we're going to see with Kentucky, I think 12 personnel is going to be a big personnel grouping for them. Oh, no. Do we need to change the podcast name? <laughs> we might. Oh, God. Yeah, get the hell out of here, it's Rams too, podcast. It's a little too late. We get to 100 and we change our name. <laughs> <laughs> change our name every 100 episodes. <laughs> we just but, keep on adding tight think, ends every time. I think they're going to have a mix-up of, you know, a flex tight end and then a more of an inline guy. Similar to like Justin Rigg and as that goes. And then there's going to be guys like Jordan Dingle that can do a little bit of both. Man, he looked huge when he, he moved did. in. He looked really tall. Like, he looked he looked he, he looked, looked good. He looks like a player. Yeah. Just just bluntly. He Which, looks like a player. Here's one other guy in that freshman class that I he's got a just a gravitas about him that like this kid's going somewhere. Lavelle Wright. It's not the Benny Snell I'm telling all my teammates that I'm like, I haven't heard that he's telling all of his teammates that he's going to be a starter right away. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's got kind of swagger about him. But I just – I really – something about Lavelle Wright that just it, – it's there. You know, he's got it. Mm-hmm. So, I, that's one I'm looking forward to in the future. But you mentioned Quentin Conley. Let's talk about the official visitors over the weekend because – I mean, come on, we just had a name drop the whole time about this camp. No, we're not going to waste your time just starting names off. We're going to talk about the official visits over the weekend. And I love that some of the – you could tell that some of the folks, they're uh, running on empty because the official visits, they go all in. And, like, that's like – Right. Like, when when you kind of see the exasperated looks, you're like, oh, well, that's just because they're busting their butts to make it happen. And Quentin Conley was one here in – that uh, came in from Kansas City. There was two from Kansas City. Jason Exit or Ex- Essex. Jason Essex and uh, Quentin Conley. Yes, which this is Buffs. So Frank Pafano, he was UK's director of ops for a long time. He's been he, hell. Him and Vince are the only OG staffers for Stoops now. Been here the whole time. Now Josh Pruitt. Has I, Josh now, Pruitt been here I, the whole time. It, maybe in a different capacity. I know Josh Esteswa has been here a long time, and of course Braz. But right. but from a well, technically, this coach has been on the staff. Yeah, from a full-time role, right. Since the beginning. So, Buff's been here a long time. He got promoted last year. And these are his first two big recruits that he's had on official visits. He does things – doing things a little different in an area we haven't seen much in Kansas City. And like it, I, I like your rationale as to why you think Conley could end up at Kentucky. Yeah, just bottom line is he went to – it's down to Kentucky and Nebraska by all accounts. And he went to Nebraska for their spring game on an unofficial. Back before, like, you weren't allowed to have visits, but you could, right, you right. could do stuff. You could show up. But he, this is the only visit he has scheduled so far, at least that I can find out. Yeah, I haven't seen any others elsewhere either. It just smells like a commit watch. So we'll see Man, really, how it goes. really hope. Like, how dumb. 
I mean, we would look smart because we would have predicted it. But how like awful would you feel if it just happened in between us talk like this getting out? You know, like everybody already knew Quentin Conley yeah. was. Quentin's going on. Uh, Matt hasn't told us yet. He's going on the show tomorrow, and he's going to commit. <laughs> and this podcast will come out before anybody listens to do it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's I, that's the fear. Face. Yeah, but right. no, I, I, I really like. And not only is there a just trying to read between the lines some, but that's also a – that feels like a position that Kentucky hasn't really recruited to before and that you can uh, really pitch to the you, – you can really pitch to him as like, hey, you're the only kind of guy like this for us. Yeah. So come come be that for us. We need we need our flex. And it's, it's also kind of confirmation that – it might be the move for Isaiah Cummings. Like, I've talked about this for a little bit, and mm-hmm. we've both had yeah, yeah. Um, personnel and private conversations regarding this. It That just seems like a move for him that he, I think he could thrive in. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Especially if they don't plan on using that type of wide receiver very much where he can do a little bit of both because that was one of his well, strengths that we mentioned as a high school prospect. Great blocker. Excellent blocker. Mm-hmm. Willing to sacrifice for the team. Well, you can. That's exactly what that position is. You can play in line. You can. They can move you on motions and stuff. But then, um, in isolation situations in the red zone or short yard or whatever, short yardage, whatever, you can you can split out out of a big personnel grouping and it's one on one. It's uh, you know throw it up and go go get the ball. Uh, so yeah, and then which that, you and that's should what be Con- able to do with Upshaw this year. Right, yeah. and that's what Conley is. Yeah, we'll see how that's. That's enough getting into the offense. We don't know what it's going to look like. So right, we, right, we can, right. We're making guesses. We'll see how Cohen and the new staff kind of schemes it up. But, yeah. Um, but it, it definitely seems like that flex tight end, which I think is smart. I think that's where the game is going. Um, I think it's smart to take advantage of that. And then they're really invested in tight end. So, yeah. I think that, that, that's that got a potential long-term to be a strength of, uh, of the offense. It's going to be important, I think, to get Upshaw drafted. Yep. Because if you get him drafted, then you can, then that's you know more recruiting ammo, and it, it seems like they're having a lot of success recruiting tight ends. And then you look down the road, Gavin Chadwell. We'll see how much bigger he gets, but right now he's a tight end, and so that's going to be a big thing for him, I think. Right now, right. Uh, who, God knows where he's going to be two years from now. But it's like that kid from Taylor County. There's a uh, Hayes Johnson, I believe. Like he's squatting 580 pounds as a freshman in high school. Like what? What? <laughs> This is this banana land. Like, I, I just I, – some of it uh, – imagine – I'm not sure. Taylor County is probably like 2A, I want to say, 2 or 3A. What kid is going to have – what poor kid is going to have to go up against him and just get their teeth right. kicked in? Now, uh. Nick, I'll ask you. Like, obviously, you all lifted weights to prepare for football season, but you play basketball. So, how – like, did you get, like, big in the weightlifting when you are in high school or was it just kind of uh, on the side? A little bit. Like, But, I mean, you know, I, all right. Got to share an embarrassing moment here. Will you allow me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, there was, I believe, because you're right, I did the basketball thing, but I, I decided I'm going to get serious. I need to need to gains. We're going we're gonna to add some weight. And this was going into, hell, might have been into my sophomore year and my junior year. Either way, our, fo- our head football coach, Mark Sander, he still holds the single game record for tackles at Louisville. He had like 36 or something in a game. I've heard this. I heard I keep. I've heard 8,000 Mark Sander stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my life, he's a dude. You tackle scary a tree. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> scary man. And so we're all in there, and it's kind of like Max Day. We're gonna see where you go, so we can put you in weightlifting groups. And he's telling me to squat, and I'm squatting. Get lower. Gonna break parallel. Get lower. 
And I'm like, Coach, this is this is all I, – I mean, I'm not even 90 degrees. This and my is, hips are just like – This is as low as this baby goes. Oh, man. It was so embarrassing. I didn't even get put in my own weightlifting group. Everybody's sheet that had numbers on it, mine just said flexibility. And I had to, like, foam roll my hips into <laughs> being able to get below 90 degrees. You were 41 years old at age 16. Oh, it was, it was incredibly embarrassing. And that's why I wear uh, <laughs> those compression sleeves on my knees whenever I yeah. do any sort of long-distance walking. But to get back to you, yes, there were, I, I did get serious about it. I did put on, like, 10, 15 pounds one year, and it worked, it worked out. It ended up working out. Yeah, I say that just because um, – He's squatting what? What we said? Five forty. Five eighty-five. Five eighty-five. Um, Who's in his weightlifting group? When I went to high school, there was uh, shout out John Clark, who ended up playing football at U of L in like a special teams role. But he was like a national champion powerlifter when we were in high school. Oh, so he was like Joe Tronzo. Tronzo yeah. was a big Tronzilla. Yeah, but, but John was the heavyweight class. Jo- Joe was more of like. Because oh. there's 275 plus, and then there's like 215, 230. Oh, so he was the tank. He yeah. Was, yeah. And so John was, it got to like it got like 580. That's what it reminded. Like he was squatting that too as a freshman, I would say. And then he was got to where he was doing 600, 700. It got to a point where it was like you can't squat anymore. <laughs> you're gonna like you're gonna seriously hurt your back, or like or we're or we're gonna run out of weights in this weight room. <laughs> we we don't have a bar big yeah. enough to right. hold all of these yeah, weights. Yeah, that that that's the that's kind of weight where you get where you need like you start doing different stuff. Well, you need like, like the super duty belt, and they wear the. I don't know if you ever seen powerlifters. They wear like the tight, stretchy shirts to like oh, to keep yeah. their arms like together, and <laughs> and they'll, they'll wear them on their uh, on, like it's like super spandex, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I just said. That's that's how that's that's the kind of strength level you're talking about there with that. Just a bad mamma jamma, right? He's a bad mamma jamma. Uh, that song came into my head because it was playing when I was playing golf the other day, and I was on the tee box. Thought I was going to hit the ball a mile, singing he's a bad man jamma. <laughs> Barely made it off the tee box. You fed it, was, it? Oh, it was uh, – I was feeling it. It was happening, and then I felt it too much apparently, just way too much. And I'm feeling it I'm feeling it right now. This was a good, good, solid Sunday night. Uh, we're, we're having a great time. And uh, back to the official visitors, because that's kind of what got us down off this – on this tangent. And, oh, no, look, a Louisville swimmer just won a relay. We'll oh. get to we're, we're going to get to Louisville later. Yeah, gosh, I guess we have to wait till later. Let's um, um Emil let's, Wagner. Okay, we're gonna, let's do Wagner, Fearbury, and then we'll touch on Key. Yes, because Emil Wagner, uh, yeah, yeah, hell, you even brought up Caddis earlier. Caddis and Grant Bingham, they did their officials mm-hmm. this weekend. They're I, I I see them being pretty sound and secure. Yeah, I don't but, think they're going anywhere. But Emil Wagner, four star. Uh, right on the fringe of top ten offensive tackles in America. Yeah, right. The, he's right outside the top 100. Yeah, uh, the younger brother of Ahmad Wagner. Very bright kid. Very bright kid. And <laughs> you're right. We're we're gonna see him fighting over this. Yeah, kid. we've, we've <laughs> got one assistant here. <laughs> no, we got, now they got two. Oh, it's man, gonna be three, four. Uh, hey, KS Bar is popping tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all are really missing out. Uh, beer cheeseburger too. Hadn't had that in a while. It was a lot. It was really good. But back to Emil Wagner. Uh, he went to Ohio State last week, mm-hmm. Kentucky this week, followed by Notre Dame and Penn, Penn State. State. And he's got one more in there. It'll be between Stanford and – Yeah, he's deciding. He's got like two or three schools since Stanford's Stanford, one. I think Notre Dame. No, he's going to Notre Dame and Penn State. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Michigan. Michigan's Michigan, the other okay. one. Yeah. Uh, so, 
there's a couple out there. And I just – I don't – I'm wondering if having a couple of really good offensive tackle commits will be as a, a deterrent. But you also have to think, like, all those other schools, uh, say in Stanford, I, I don't know what Notre Dame's situation is, but I'm sure all those other places yeah. have good offensive tackle situations. Bottom line is, Emil Wagner's a type of level of player where you're taking him regardless. No matter what. No matter what, yeah. No matter what your scholarship distribution is, no matter how many players you have at that position, he's that good. But we talked about Ryan Bear going to Ohio State. That may be a reason they haven't offered him. It's because they may think they have Wagner in their back pocket. So uh-huh. that's obviously the big one. I think going into this class, as we started to get into it, it really was like just get one of good winning Wagner. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I think Kentucky, if you had to, you know. It, it feels like Ohio State on, is conceded right. good one as well. If you put they, under, they, were, they were really holding out hope that he would still officially visit, but I don't on, think that's happening. If you put them in an interrogation room, shine the bright lamp, I think they would say they'd take yeah. good one, which, you know, the higher-ranked guy, the bigger ceiling guy. But Wagner's a good player. He's got relations here. Um, never count out the big dog, as he would, as he would say. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, I think we'll see. I mean, we'll see. He, you know, he's going to go through all these visits, and then he's probably going to make a decision uh, this summer before the season. But there's yeah. something. But I think I think it's important to remember that they're just in on a lot of really good offensive linemen. Dachi Richardson um, visited Florida State. I believe he's at Miami this week, and he's coming later in the month. You've got Ryan Bear, like I've talked about. Grayson Morgan's a guy visiting later in June. There's just a lot of quality options there. And, that, and then we've got the – Tegra Shabola kind of buzz that was floating around mm, today yeah, at the camp, yeah. who's more of a guard, not a tackle. It's just I just think they're in a they, – they've got two really good pieces, Nick, with Bingham and Goodwin. And anything after that I think you'll take, whether it's – you know, you just got to trust the staff on this. But what we're seeing play out is really kind of the big blue wall. Um, and the, it was the, It's the John Schlarman legacy. Yeah. What, what they've built now – now they ju- now they're just getting dudes drafted every year. You had Logan Stenberg, then you had Landon Young, and now the next level is getting guys that stay, hang around in the NFL, and then uh, just to keep producing. Darian Kennard's going to be a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Luke Fortner's going to be a draft pick, and like this is just good stuff right here. And the hardest thing to do for a lot of new coaching staffs when you're building a program is like you know attract consistent blue chip talent on the offensive line. Like, because if you don't do that, you really it's there's development needed even for the best of the best on the offensive. Oh line. no, no, no but, doubt but about when, it. But when you're getting when you have to rely on mid and low three stars, you're. I mean, it's just there's it's a just certain tough. level of footwork, that right? Like, uh, there was one kid there today, and uh, I didn't know his name. He was yellow gloves, yellow shoes. Once again, he had very standout characteristics, and he he had that man. He's good, but he's not. He doesn't have the next level to break through to, like, power five good. Right. You know what I mean? And that's where you see that in the offensive linemen where there's a lot of stuff there, but the the, the feet, the explosiveness, that's kind of in a like, – you can't really develop that. Like, mm-hmm. that's just pure talent. So, uh, which speaking of pure talent, you can't – Dane Key, shout out to the fine folks of the University of Kentucky for making this week's Throwback Thursday uh, Dante Key's interception – in the Governor's Cup, yeah, which they, if we want to make fun what, of Louisville, if we want to make fun of Louisville, doing. is that the worst interception in the history of interceptions? 
Like, Dante, love you, buddy, but you, you that was a freaking punt return. You could have waved a fair catch there. You could have pulled a Charles Walker. That, that was probably the worst Louisville-Kentucky matchup. Because didn't that Kentucky team go 1-10, I think? <sighs> or was it not? It was one of those teams. Man. I don't. That wasn't Ron Cooper at Louisville either, was it? That yeah, that was like his first year. Oh God, yeah. Because that, that one, there was one game. It had Randall Cobb in it. Uh, it was uh, Joker's first year, right? Yeah, and I was there. That, but that was an ugly ass game too. Charlie's first, Strong's first year, and they turned it over combined like eight times, and it really just came down to they, who was going to suck the least. They also played that game Sunday before Labor Day, which was awesome. In twenty ten. So the Charlie week zero? Strong's, no, it was. Oh, it was oh, late. the day before. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because the, they did alternate between that Sunday and that Monday. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, here's the thing, too. Like it, I kind of wish we had old Governor's Cup opening week because how much fun would it be to just <laughs> this year? Run yeah. up the score. Oh man, the, it would be glorious. This year, yes, yes. But dinky though. Uh, I love, too, that this just theme of this show is just let's make fun of Louisville. Oh, wait, we'll get back to making fun of them. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to make fun of their fickle visits. Uh, but Dinky, very good. Very good to see that his visit tour starts at Kentucky. Three times. He's been here. He showed up first day that June opened. Then he came for an unofficial last weekend. Mm-hmm. And then it just finished his official visit. Three times in ten days. And he's going to South Carolina, Oregon. I believe, in one more. Um, yeah, I think um, Mississippi State is in contention for that. Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll see. I know LSU may be a player in there. But the the thing that I like, too, just by noticing at today's camp, you see the, the shorts. A lot of Frederick Douglass kids. There's a, pre, there's a Frederick Douglass presence over there. That's good. We've been waiting for Kentucky to get their door in there. We didn't have to wait very long because uh, it was very important to get Dekel and uh, Jagger in the mix. Right. So uh, That's obviously going to help, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it has to. But, but, yeah, I just think we'll see how the recruitment goes, but I think Kentucky's done a very good job to this point. They've they've set, they've set themselves up to get him. Yeah, and, it, and I don't – I'm not going to lie, look, it, my wheels got turning a little bit fast. I admit, hand up, I'm not used to dealing with kids visiting, so I was like, man – this thing's moving. I didn't know Dane was going to be here. Maybe he's going to commit soon, but I still think that ultimately he's, he's going to wait well, yeah. until uh, the season starts, gets to watch some of these teams play in person. It smells like an October-ish decision. Maybe you want to push it to December. Because I think just the elephant in the room is the offense. Like, he just wants to see it. Well, same thing with his other contenders, South Carolina and then Oregon year two with Joe Moorhead. Like, what – what are, what are you actually going to do? Or Mississippi State, same thing. Yep. What are you doing, Mike Leach, year two? I think there is a – you're getting sold what it's going to be without, like, all right, but, all right, I'm, I'm not just going to believe everything you're saying. I need to see it myself. Right. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. And NC State just hit a bomb in the top of the ninth. Which could go up 3-2 over Arkansas. Oh, This man. would be a monster upset. Wow. And this is – is that the same guy? No, they took him out. They, t- they took out their starting pitcher. I also wanted to bring up, too, because we do have a good sports night underway right now with the elimination games in the College World Series. Uh, this is the Super Regional. We also had the Suns are about to sweep the Nuggets. What the hell? When did the NBA decide that whites were going to be the road jersey of choice and you were going to wear colored jerseys at home? That's for football. Basketball, you wear home whites and you wear colors on the road. LSU breaks that rule and – LSU and the Cowboys, they have great home uniforms that they never wear because they wear their road or they wear their whites at home. The purple 
and the, the the blue, those are great. I mean, even the star on the on the shoulders. I don't like the Cowboys by any means, but those are good looking jerseys. I was wrong, Nick. That was a pitcher. They kept, just, they I kept they him, took in him for out. nine innings, and he did the thing where he put his glove over to cuss as the dude hits a bomb on him. Um, but yeah, I don't like this trend of going to home dark colors in basketball and road whites. Just don't like it. Don't like it at all. That's your get off my lawn take of the week. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't like because it it's it's. Back in my day. <laughs> but seriously, though, it, and it's all because they want to wear stupid color uniforms. The Nuggets are not red. I just think the Suns, I mean, they got the Valley jerseys, which are kind of cool. Just bring back the old Barkley with the screaming sun. They, you know they, yeah, I know what you, they have that in like a black jersey that I saw fans fighting the other day. They were wearing those. He was wearing that. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that, that, that uniform is awesome. 90s, great time for uniforms. Great time for uniforms. I digress. Which, by the way, you think Kentucky's getting new uniforms? Did you see the stickers? The, yeah. The, the, we had a little KSR group message where, where our conspiracy theories were going. It feels like they're going to do uh, maybe not a full rebrand where they're brand new logo, but, like, feels like they got to be doing something new, right? They There's just a lot of stuff retroly. I think Kentucky could do. I don't know if retroly is a word. Well, we're making it one, damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – We've seen the state like with the Kentucky, the state of Kentucky outline with like the cat in the middle. Oh. You, you, the Lost power K obviously is something everybody loves. But yeah, there there seems like there's some stuff they could do. I'm very you know, interested. I also think now after the COVID year, after you just buried a lot of your players, good time to turn the page with some new swag. So let's make this new swag happen, Nike. Let's do it ASAP. Also, what we need to do. One more before we get to Louisville. Tyrese Fearbury oh, is here. Yes, he left a little bit okay. early. He started a little bit early. Yeah, he started his on Thursday, left Saturday. Now, we'll see with him, but this is really a position of need, and Brad White is the primary recruiter here. Um, like, and it's going to be tough. And this, isn't, this isn't a Salmonelli. This is like – this kid, if you, y'all, if you pull up his huddle tape, this is 6'5", 215 pounds, he, he string look, bean. I mean, he looks like Josh Allen. I mean, he's got the same frame but, from him in high school. But he plays receiver. He plays basketball. And there's a couple there's a couple reps on tape where he's shot out of a cannon going out of the edge. <laughs> and that's without, like, he's all, like, stood straight up. He's not really in much of a stance. Yep. Lots of work with. And there's, there's room, right, with that Josh Allen, there's room to add 35 pounds on this frame. And he's the guy to get really excited about, but he's still he's going to visit Penn State, and there's one more in there that he's going to visit. But Pittsburgh is in the lead right now, and he's from Pittsburgh. But this that like I think he's one of the biggest recruits in the class just because the pass rush, Nick. The they were 100 and I think 13th in sack rate last season after being top 25 in 2018 and 2019. That's an issue that's got to be fixed, and the best way to fix that issue is with recruiting. It's really the one issue that you see with this this defense now after the addition of Jacquez Jones, mm-hmm. which we can get into a little bit more. The one thing about Fearbury that worries me is kind of in like in the same uh, vein as Buffano, where, all right, Brad, you've been working on some dudes from this neck of the woods for a while. Now go beat the two biggest players in the area, Pitt and Penn State. Those are Fearbury's two top com- – uh, two kind of top schools right now. I know Wilt Fong had a pick in for Pitt after he took that official last week. So, it's going to be tough, but you do get to have the SEC yeah, pitch. I think it's going to be tough to beat out Pitt. Uh, they've produced some defensive line and edge draft picks here lately. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the backyard. 
that's going to be tough. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But it's a, it's a big. I think it's a big recruitment, and we'll we'll see how it goes. This was going. If Kentucky was going to do it, it had it had to happen this weekend. But Jacquez Jones, that becomes official over the week. Uh, I believe it was Thursday, Thursday, Thursday yeah. morning. Thursday sounds uh, right. He basically wrapped up his official visit, which I guess that means he's probably going to be here. What Monday, maybe? I don't know. Haven't haven't got confirmation on that, but he should be here soon. And like it, I can't say enough about how nice it is to have a reliable, proven playmaker in the SEC to really fortify the middle of your defense when injuries can really pile up at that position, mm-hmm. even even like frequent. So actually, uh, just briefly, Derek Jackson was out of his boot. Uh, you know, he had his uh, Achilles tear few months back and you know he just you know said you know yeah it's tough but rehab's going well a lot of injuries can pile up quickly glad to see that he's doing well but it that's why you need a guy like Jacquez Jones where when you're bringing Trevin Wallace and you aren't immediately dousing him in a flamethrower yeah I I think the big thing here Wallace has obviously been through the fires Played three years at Ole Miss. Played a lot of football. A lot of football. He's for John Summerall or something. He's of that. six foot tall, two hundred thirty-five, two hundred forty pounds. You turn on the tape. He's at his best. Knocking heads. Right. He's at his best against teams that run power, teams that run inside zone, mm-hmm. where he can, you know, teams that teams that make you play inside drill the entire game, where you can just get downhill and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, hit, Strike blockers and make tackles and stuff to run. If you ask him to play in space, it's he's he's not Jamin Davis. So like I think that's important to do, like know who who this player is coming in. Well, here's here's what I like to think of that look at. Very bizarrely, I think this allows you to create a niche for Trevin Wallace. You make him your third down Mike linebacker, which sounds bizarre. That's like calling in a third down quarterback yeah, to pass you're right. it. But dude is great in space. He has the athleticism. And if I know that it, it, it sounds – here's your most important down. Yeah. Now let's put a true freshman just, in. I would just send him on some dog blitzes and not make well, him but, think very much. But that's the thing, though, is you can say, all right, go cover. I know there's no Kyle Pitts out there, but, hey, there's your guy. Let's see or, what he can do on a, a running back uh, running an angle route. or Yeah, but I, I think right. he has the athleticism to do that. And I also think – a delayed blitz with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Davis got so great at that towards the end of his uh, career at Kentucky. That, that that sack and the tax layer bowl, thing of beauty. I mean, nothing like a delayed blitz because you have to have good coverage to make it work. But, man, when they come home, whoo, love them. Absolutely love them. I digress. Jacquez Jones. Yeah, I just think the whole the whole time we, we talked last week on the pod, it just made too much sense. Like, I thought he would be at Kentucky. I called my shot then. And yeah. Woohoo. And I just think. You did it. And now, Nick, you look at just the roster. There's going to be – there could be nine seniors starting on defense. Man. I wrote about this, uh, I believe, on Friday or Saturday. You have on – de- on the defensive line, you've got Marco McCall, senior. Josh Paschal, redshirt senior. Linebacker, DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones, both seniors that have played since their true freshman seasons mm-hmm. in the SEC. Both on the same All-SEC right. freshman team. Edge, Jordan Wright, redshirt senior. Devontae Robinson at nickel, redshirt – or a six-year senior, super senior. At 
cornerback, Cedric Dort, redshirt senior. At two safety positions, Yusuf Corker, Tyrell Agent, redshirt seniors. Man, that is old. Now, a lot of people are going to be old in college football because of the super seniors. Like, right. Illinois bringing 16 guys back. Clemson brought two of their best defensive guys back for a year. They're, obviously, there's going to be old, but, like, that, that can't hurt. You know what I'm saying? It right, cannot right. hurt. And then when I look at Kentucky's defense, obviously there's questions like, how, how do Valentine and Dort hold up at corner? Um, pass rush, where do you get it? Is the 2020 defensive line class ready to play? Because they, they need them to play because they're going to want a rotation. So, obviously, those are questions. But you look at the back end, you look at Square and now Jones, Corker, Asian, right on the edge. Like, you've got guys in the back end, I think, that can really help you and they're really going to get you in good spots. And I think maybe that maybe this team turns into, you know, I've talked about this points per scoring opportunity defense where this field gets smaller pass rush becomes a little less important because there's not as many windows to throw in and if you can stop the run at a decent clip maybe this is just maybe this is the ultimate bim don't break defense for Kentucky this year where they they love bend don't break too right so i mean we'll see how it all goes but i think it all is getting to a point where i know like because the star power is on offense like Darren Kennard's preseason first team all SEC Wondell Robinson's going to get all SEC love Chris Rodriguez is not going to make first team all SEC at Hoover, and we're going to get on a podcast and we're going to yell about it. <laughs> Luke Fortner's an all SEC caliber yep. offensive lineman. Like there's the star power is really on offense for for most for the most part, mm-hmm. but defensively, I think the culture's been built. I think they have the structure, and then they have all these seniors. I just think they're going to be. I think they're just going to be just fine on defense. And then if the offense takes a big step up and you get semi decent quarterback play with the schedule. It just uh, things are adding up, for, I think, for this year, and I think maybe we need to be more little, more little more positive on the defense because of just the veteran much, presence yeah, they have. Yeah, no. And the only reason why you have some hesitation is because replacing six starters, it just you know, you 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 sound all those you, typical you, alarms. I think the um, thing about last year, and I think we had we overreacted because it was a ten game SEC schedule. But there was whoa, just whoa, whoa, overreacted. <laughs> well, there was there was just worries about do they have the star power on defense? Right. Now, that is fair, but it's also like, guys, Josh Allen's don't walk through the door like every year. <laughs> you know, like we're not just going to have a game record that just takes over the games in the fourth quarter. Like you're going to have to do it in different ways. And Davis kind of became that by the end of the season. Um, at Kentucky, you got to do it, you know, piece by piece, you know, just try. And this, this is the blueprint: is try to, you know, get old and stay old. And adding Jacquez Jones, kind of a senior transfer who is familiar with your staff, with the Summerall connection. Um, yeah, seems like he's a culture fit. It just that's that's how you that's how you get old, stay old. If you use the portal effectively, you should be able to do that. Get old, stay old. Speak for yourself, Luckett. I'm forever young. You can get the hell out of here with staying old. Well, when you get in your 30s, you'll you'll acquire this. Oh, person. I'm still in my late 20s. All right, I'm I'm letting it rip. We got many more days, many more days, not many more months, but we still have days of our late 20s to enjoy. Uh, which you know what? I I had my old man take, uh, get off my lawn. Please allow. I want to give you the floor to share your old man take on why you hate the 12 team college football playoff. Because I know you're just. You're, you're, you're <laughs> stewing inside. You saw all those takes, and you're like, oh, I just hate them all. 
Okay. Here's my biggest – I'm sick of talking about it already. <laughs> but, like, it, like, I sat down and thought – I literally – like, my wife's out of town this weekend, so I was just sitting on the couch Friday, and I was literally thinking about this for oh 30 minutes. Oh, my God. What, I'm, pe- right, I'm petting your- Merle, and I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm, You've got your I'll, legal pad out, and you're like – I'm hoping Moose isn't being bad. And a couple I'm, I'm just lights. This, uh, yeah. Um, I'm about to go to Roosters, me and my brothers for dinner, and I'm just sitting there thinking before I go. Lights are off. My eyes are closed. Just thinking about it. And, like, I'll be damned if, like, like if Florida had to go to Wisconsin in December, like, that would be pretty cool. Oh, there we go. We've got a concession. So, like, that first round's cool. Um Having th- three different games at both sites for like the top four is kind of weird, whatever. Like, I, like I, I think we're doing this because of Nick Saban. <laughs> like, I really think this is the only reason we're doing this. Um, I mean, I, I, I could, I oh, could wow. see it. Arkansas goes down. Arkansas goes down. Wow, wow. what a upset. Now, from a Kentucky standpoint, like, if the AC, if expansion happened again and the ACC needed a team, I would think it wouldn't be a bad idea to think about it. Because it's going to be a lot easier to get in the top twelve if you're in the ACC than you're, you know, playing this gauntlet they're in right now. I will say though, if you're going to get get to Atlanta, win in Atlanta, like that's been a big talking point. Like it, yeah. If you do that, whoever's in Atlanta is going to be in that playoff, right? They aren't keeping one of those teams out unless there's yeah. some weird year where the one division is just dog. Yeah. My biggest know. concern is Alabama runs the table. They're twelve and zero. They have a Four, uh, top four seed locked in. Why would they give two, you know what's to go to Atlanta and play that game? No, because you have to. That's why they made the conference championship requirement to get that. Buy. Okay, so you have to win that game. You have to win that game. It's it's only the conference champions well, that buy. So I that, thought well, I thought it wasn't that because I thought they didn't want like a seven and five team to get an automatic berth. Well, one of no, but that's why there'd be a fifth. You take them out, you get some other team. Okay. But Notre Dame can't be in it because they can't be a conference champion. So, Which I, I think that's good, by the way. Yeah, no, and because you, you aren't playing that extra game, so why should you reward them? It makes sense. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, we're going to unfortunately have to talk about this more later, but I do think that it's still going to – you're going to have teams that are still fighting at the end of the year where – I know the big worry, and at least on my part, yeah. is – It makes like, rivalry week better. Yeah, and it's also like, hey, I know that we have a great regular season. Let's not ruin it. But okay. how many times in the NFL in this same system did you have teams sit players? Like, what, yeah. Peyton Manning every once in a while with the Colts? Like, it didn't happen very often. Yeah. So, I actually think that by play, having more teams available for the playoff, it actually should make it more competitive. But Something just hit me right now. Like, the number 12 team a lot of years isn't, like, super great. Imagine they have to play last week. They have to go to their rival, like in a bowl, like uh, that's like a bowl team. It's Louisville. It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar. J- okay, so we it we puts are a lot be more fifth. stakes in those games. Well, and it also makes the New Year Six worth more than just a good paycheck. Whereas, like yeah. you know, all the BS excuses well, that Florida, oh, they didn't want to be there, all that kind of crap. You throw all that out because you're also playing for home field advantage too in those last weeks because you can. Think, imagine what it could do for your campus if you're hosting a game at the Krogue, uh first week of December or second week of December or yeah. whatever. Well, I just think more of like, like just say Kentucky made it and we had to go to L.A., go to the Coliseum. Oh, no. Or we oh, had, God. That we had to so go terrible. to we'd go Norman or something. Like, 
yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. You just gotta hold yeah. like I just there's gonna be unintended consequences. I think that's what the college football playoff taught us. We'll see how this how this helps it, but hopefully. It, I mean, there's still gonna be three teams that are better than everybody. But yeah. it'll be fun getting yeah, I mean, to the, that. It'll be fun getting to that. The biggest issue the sport has right now is just that um, Alabama's getting 13 top 100 prospects. <laughs> like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The richer they're going to keep getting richer because of nil. You know who's going to get poorer though? Those damn UofL Cardinals. Yeah, let's talk, let's get into my goodness. Quick. We we've been teasing it for far too long. The University of Louisville they hosted Scott Satterfield's highest ranked commitment. Papa. Papa Williams, and he was happy to share that he arrived to Louisville for his official visit. Yeah, like that. That's like to me. That's like the seventh thing on what it, happened. It, it, it is laugh out loud funny because here's the thing, folks. This was one person who was in charge of making the graphic for the weekend, and they didn't have anybody else like double check it for him. And they misspelled official visit, and they printed that on everything. It's on their name badges. It's on their – I mean, it is everywhere. And I know it's not something that – I mean, it's, is it that big of a deal? No. But it, attention to detail should speak volumes about your program. And when you can't even get a damn recruiting graphic right, I mean – It confirms some of the rumors that are out there. It's just that, like – Kind of a mom-and-pop shop. They've it's not kinda, a professionally run organization. A, for lack of a better term, that just he's kind of melded in. And that happens whenever you're like, all right, hey, you're going to be in charge of my recruiting, and you're just like, wait, I actually want to get out of here. I'm going to go to one of the halves, and their recruiting coordinator leaves. Was it the Friday afternoon before the visit started? It leaked out Friday evening <laughs> that he was going to Georgia. So whenever it happened, it happened. It just – and that guy showed up in February. That was a nice hire. He was the – Chris Cooper, I believe his name was, was the assistant player personnel director at Florida. So, for those of you at home, what that means is he was one of the guys in the recruiting department, probably like second or third in line of a, probably an eight- to ten-man recruiting department. And so, Louisville hired him to be a recruiting coordinator. Now, usually that term is used for an assistant coach who's kind of like overseeing your recruiting operation, but it sounded like Louisville, they just hired him to – As an admin. An off-field role, right. But I think it was to, like, kind of modernize, the re- like, to come in and kind of tell us what they were doing wrong and then yeah. we're going to do it how the SEC does it pretty much. And so whatever happened in those three months, he decided, I'm out of here. I'm going to go work for Georgia's 60-man recruiting department. And th- for it to happen on that weekend where Louisville's got, like, they're having, like, eight, nine, ten officials. Their two commitments are there. One guy, Popeye Williams, is a four-star, like, defensive line edge player, and that's a position they struggle to recruit. And that, that you even have to deal with that is just insane. That you yeah. could let that happen that then is just crazy. It's just crazy. And it just – and then I wrote about this weekend, 40% of their full-time staff left after last season. They've had, I believe, 17 players enter the portal since October 1st, which ranks, like, eighth or ninth most in college football. And there's just nothing, like, good's coming out of there. There's no yeah, buzz. Luke McCaffrey, let's just show up for a week and it, then go home. Yeah. I mean, Luke McCaffrey shows up for two days, dips out. And, like, here's the thing, folks. Uh, Luke McCaffrey, he was at Nebraska. I give Scott Frost a lot of hell. But, like, his brother was at Stanford. Like, you, you can spot a good culture 
from a mile away, right? That's what it smells like. Like yeah. he got in there and was like, this is, I'm getting out of here. Like there, this is going nowhere fast. Yeah. And, man, that ship, it is sinking, and it's sinking faster than ever. And it really is perplexing because this weekend, for all intents and purposes, was the big weekend at most schools. It wasn't every school, but it was most schools. Yeah, and uh, like UCF, they had a five-star on campus this weekend. He's an ed- Jeremiah Alexander is an edge player from Alabama. So, obviously, they're his new defense coordinator at UCF, um, Tr- Travis Robinson, I believe his name, was, like, their best recruiter at Auburn. So, like, obviously there's connections here. But he does, T-Rob, like – T-Rob, yeah. Like, UCF had, like, a bunch of official visits, and, you know, they're, they're like, pimping it out. So, this is, like, a big weekend for a lot of schools. And that like, Bounce Louisville, house. Louisville was doing the same thing, and that, that happened in their big recruiting weekend. It's just – it's not good. It's devastating. And, yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, that vacuum, that void in Louisville, it's – it's only going to get bigger for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, keep doing what you're doing, Vince. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just Louisville <laughs> in general, I'm just fascinated to see how this year goes for them. Because the non-conference schedule, out, like, right off the jump is tough. And, like, I'm just fascinated to see how it goes. Because there could be big changes over there. And, we'll, I mean, we'll see. But, like, I think the writing's on the wall with that a lot. Because – Man, I've already heard that um, – I don't, did we talk about this? It's going to be a, it could be a former Louisville quarterback battle for who's the next coach. Brahmer, Rag One, Dave Ragone. You know who I Atlanta Atlanta Falcons offense coordinator. I know your guy. You want Grantham? You want like, third in Grantham at, at U of L. Grantham isn't from Louisville, but he might as well be. He's <laughs> a loudmouth idiot. He loves to blitz. His offense is probably just going to take nothing but deep shots. He'll talk smack about Kentucky. And like that's who they want. Like they yeah, are, they need that. They need they need somebody that isn't going to cry whenever there's L's down. Yeah. And, and you know what would be hilarious? Like it, if that's our only uh, Governor's Cup memory of Scott Satterfield is L's down. Yeah, we should have known then. Should have known then. Well, if you don't know now, you know. But this has been a great episode of Live in Person. Now we're in person. We got so much to talk about, and really. The only reason why I feel like we need to wind it down is because Caden Mormon got his offer, and I need we need it up on the website. Yeah, we need to do some research, study some tape. Yeah, got to got to cut that. We're gonna, folks. We are gonna just uh, blow our load on night one. We're gonna have recruiting coverage throughout the entire week on KentuckySportsRadio.com. And if you thought there was a bunch of official visits this weekend, there's plenty more coming up right around the corner. So sit back, relax, enjoy it, and. As we're going, I just want to give a shout-out to you, Luckett, because you've been you. crushing it. You've been crushing I'm it. I'm trying. I'm just front. trying to get on your level. You've been dunking on Eli Drinkwitz. It's made me <laughs> so happy. Uh, but knowing the ebbs and flows, you've been crushing it. Everybody needs to know that he's doing a great job. If you aren't following Adam Luckett on Twitter, what are you doing? And really, just this whole month is going to be a recruiting bonanza, and I, I think there's plenty for folks to enjoy out there. Let's do it. We're only getting started. Hell, oh, No. We've only just begun. No. Damn. Go cast girl Krogering. Yes, but we're <laughs> just, you, you just said we're just getting – you said we're only getting started. We're just getting started, bro. bro. There you go. God. There you go. Damn it, like it was a great show until <laughs> the end. You just ruined it. I'm getting the hell out of here. We'll see you all next week for episode 100.